everyone welcome back to the podcast today i'm going to give another book recommendation surprise surprise as usual we're going to kick this off with a recommendation that shed light on asian stories so the book that i want to recommend is called the good immigrant 26 writers reflect on america so it's actually a collection of essays by first and second generation immigrants describing their experience of otherness in America. So the writers aren't all of Asian descent, you know, people immigrated from all over. But one essay that I really related to is written by Priya Minhas, who immigrated to the US from London, actually, after her grandparents immigrated to the UK from India. And I just wanted to read a really small excerpt from her essay called How Not to Be from this book. So it goes, how not to be meant growing up with the promise of a better life than my parents had known, a life in which I would quietly and often unknowingly cash in on privileges paid for by the ones who came before me. My sisters and I were supposed to be the 2.0, the reason it was all worth it. Every school photo and each certificate placed on the mantelpiece was a step toward fulfilling the promise each one an offering, a single penny placed at the altar to repay their sacrifice. I personally related to this excerpt and her essay in general. As a first generation myself, I think sacrifice has always been a concept that many first and second generation kids are aware of at a young age. And I think it does carry some weight with you growing up, feeling like in a lot of ways you are the embodiment of the quote struggle, like the capital S struggle paying off and kind of like the manifestation of the American dream. So I, I really like this essay, this book title, first of all, I just immediately caught my attention, the good immigrant. I'm thinking the whole concept, it's not really saying aware oh, being good immigrants, almost similar to the model minority mm. concept. Uh, and I love how it's like 26 different writers coming from different backgrounds, contributing to this one book. And then from the excerpt you were reading, I don't know, I just felt like even though I'm not immigrant, I can still relate to that because my parents always will say similar thing to me that I didn't do X, Y, Z. I sacrificed my life. So you, need to achieve so that my sacrifice it's worth it almost like your parents living out their dream through you like the kids yeah yeah i i do think being an immigrant is like a very unique experience in that conscience of the sacrifice that was made and i think that does kind of impact how you grow up and what you feel like your responsibilities should be. Check out this book. We'll also link Priya's website on our episode description if you want to check out this essay and other essays that she's written. I really enjoyed our discussion on traveling the last episode. In it, we have discussed how we travel and comparing that to how our parents travel. Specifically, we also discussed about different types of traveling. So following that, I really want to have this episode to chat about one specific type of traveling. Drum roll, please. Solo traveling. 
I share this with Danny this past week. I am finally fully back. So planning for travel, traveling, it's finally back in my book. <sighs> Just so excited. I'm excited for you. I can't believe you guys had to wait such a long time between your two vaccines. For us, it was like two weeks. How long was yours? Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm rolling my eyes out loud right here. UK government has this weird rules for Pfizer. The two shots between waiting time has to be 12 weeks. Fucking 12 weeks. But now they change it to eight weeks. But I'm still rolling my eyes because in the US it's two or three weeks. So clearly I don't need to wait that long. Please vax me. <laughs> so far I have now done two solo trips. One internationally and one within England. And I actually haven't done this till very recent in 2019. And Danny, you actually inspired me to go um, on my solo traveling. Well, you're welcome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just made it seem doable and less scary for me. I don't know how you actually felt, but from my point of view, I was just thinking, oh, Danny did this. Surely I can do this. Because for the longest time, I'm just always scared how people might perceive me if I go on solo travel by myself. Mm. Like in my head thinking, oh, why is she traveling by herself? Does she have friends? Why is she studying by herself? I have those thoughts even within whatever city I'm currently living in. I mean, I'll go like shopping by myself. I feel like I, I actually do that a lot and I like it. It's just way more efficient <laughs> than waiting on friends in the dressing room and things like that. But there are certain things like going to movies alone, which I guess I don't really go to movie theaters that often, but I know people do that. And to me, that feels kind of scary, even though you're really sitting in a dark room. So no one would even know you're by yourself or going to restaurants alone. Like I have this weird fear that if people see me by myself, they're going to judge me and be like, oh my gosh, she's so sad. She has no friends. She's just sitting there by herself. Even though I've definitely seen people dining by themselves and I've never had that thought about them. I feel like most people don't even care to look at you. Like you can just bring a book, be on your phone while eating your food. Like it's fine. Yeah, I definitely had those kind of thoughts before. But I think when you're solo traveling, it is like you have to face it because like what are you going to do? Not eat, you know? Yeah. I totally relate to everything you said. And similar to you, I actually never thought that way about other people. Because when you shared to me your experience of solo traveling, all I think about was that was so freaking cool. Oh my goodness, so much respect to Danny. That is so awesome. I want to be like her. Like that was the emotion oh. I was going through. So it kind of makes me pause. Just be like, Mickey, look. This is the way you view about people solo traveling. So either people's going to think similar to you. So when I go solo travel, no one's going to judge me or people going to judge me. But people do that anyway. So just go. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of when we were talking about going to the gym for the first time. Like you get so yeah. self-conscious. You think everyone's watching you and judging you. But really, like everyone's checking themselves out. People are way yeah. too self-concerned to be caring about what you're doing. So I really feel like it's kind of similar. And I will say I have wanted to solo travel for, I would say, a few years before I actually did it. Because I read a lot of travel blogs where people talked about 
traveling by themselves, especially women, and saying it's such an empowering feeling. Everyone should try this once. Based on that, I told myself like it would be cool to do something like this. Like it was a kind of like a bucket list item, but I never actually made concrete plans to go do this. My first solo travel actually happened by accident. I'll tell you, and you can let me know if you actually consider this solo travel. But I went with my friend. We were doing several countries in Scandinavia, and we had this like itinerary planned out. And halfway through the trip, she got really sick, so she just like stayed in bed. But because we only had a limited time in that country, I mean, I want to be there for my friend, but I also didn't want to be like sitting on a couch the entire day. So she was. You know, just sleeping and getting rest. I remember the first day I realized she was not going to be able to come out. I was actually looking forward to going because I think I waited around like almost two hours because I thought she was gonna come with me. So I was like already up, ready, dressed, like ready to go, and I was like looking up places on the map of all the things we could do that day. After like two hours, I was just kind of like getting antsy, and then she was finally like, "Hey, I really don't think I can like pull myself together to go. I'm just gonna、mm. sleep in today. Hopefully tomorrow I feel better. We can do things, but I'm just gonna stay in today." By the time I left the Airbnb that we were staying at, I was super excited to go out. Like I wasn't scared or nervous because to me it's like, oh, it's just for one day. I already looked up some places while she was. Um, getting ready, so I already kind of know what I wanted to do. So I went out and did it, and because it was also like a city environment, it didn't feel that much different than if I was just exploring New York City on my own. Later, come to find out, she actually did not get better for the remainder of the trip. She was pretty much bedridden, so I ended up just going out every single day by myself. And again, by that time, maybe there was like three to four days left in the trip. I won't count it as solo travel because. It's not just one day. It's like for extended period, short period of time, like three to four days. You are on your own in a country you don't know. Yeah, you go home to someone you know, but the whole time you are by yourself. I kind of feel like it's cheating because I had like a safety net of knowing like my friends at home and like if anything happened to me, she's like she'll contact the police or something, you know. So I almost feel like that was a really. Nice accidental way to ease myself into solo traveling. It just so happened to work out that way. I mean, I'm not saying go with a friend and poison that friend. And <laughs> just so、yourself. you have a safety net. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. There were certain times when I was out and about on my own that I was kind of like, okay, what do I do now? Or oh, this would be a cool picture. I just wish someone was there to like take it of me. Because I'm not in any photos, unless it's like a selfie. But the cool thing is, because I was by myself and I was going to very touristy like landmarks, there were other travelers, and I think people who saw that I was by myself, they were more open to talking to me. So, for example, on that trip, I met another solo traveler, and we kind of just paired up. And I'm still like friends with this person. I mean, we don't like talk every day, but we keep up with each other on social media. Yeah, even things like photos, I just got really comfortable going up to strangers and being like, "Hey, do you mind taking a photo of me?" Fortunately, no one took my phone and ran with it, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I had a really positive first solo travel experience, and after that, it made me want to like do it more, but like this time intentionally instead of it happening by accident. And that's why I also had really good things to say about it. That was the first trip that I ate at a restaurant by myself. What do you feel? It was a little nervous at first because I was like, okay, everyone else is here with one other person. 
I'm just sitting here by myself. And it was definitely more intimidating for like dinner because I feel like dinner is like a more formal meal mm. versus going to a cafe or a coffee shop where I feel like it's more normal to just go in because it's like a quicker meal. So dinner, I especially felt very self-conscious, but the city I was in, like, they're known for their amazing restaurants and food. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, like, miss out on this just because I'm self-conscious. No one was staring at me. I know because I checked. I kept looking around the room being like, who's looking at me? (laughs) The waiters didn't care. Like, I'm paying for this meal. They're happy I'm there. I feel like once I kind of just did it and got over that hump, I realized it was all just internal, like this fear of judgment of what being by myself could look like like it was all just in my head no one else cared it's fine I love that yeah. I really love how you made friends on your solo travel as well I haven't yet well to be completely honest I think that's completely on me because when I travel similar to you I got super conscious with the dinner so I was just on my phone just very like a closed off vibe that I'm giving out so no one would approach me or chat with me. Towards the end of my travel, I was actually putting my phone down and then ends up chatting with the waitress. My waitress was able to give me more advice to places I want to go. I want to comment on something earlier you said about solo travel can be super empowering because I'm so in my head. Like you said, like it's all internalized thoughts, fear of judgment or fear of boredom these are all just in our head if i could just step out my own thoughts and actually just do it solo traveling could be something that makes me more comfortable being on my own but to be honest i also had another concern before my first solo traveling which was safety people's gonna think i'm a paranoid person which is probably true i'm just really scared in a new country when English is not the first language or even when English is the first language, if I don't know anyone, the first thing what I want to do, even in a group travel setting, is that I want to search out for the 911 number in local. When I was little, my mom would always say to me, never take the candy from strangers. And that really stuck with me of not trusting people I don't know. That kind of manifested in not wanting to go to a foreign country or city by myself without anyone I know. For my first solo travel, I was really, really careful in picking a country that's well known for extremely safe, that they all speak English. So if I scream help, people can actually come help me. (laughs) Was that ever like a risk factor in your solo travel planning or planning at all? Again, my first time, I guess, solo traveling was kind of by accident. I think having a friend there, even though she was sick and like couldn't come out with me, there was like a level of safety feeling because if I got kidnapped or something, someone would know. But it's so funny because I feel like I'm such the opposite of you. Like, I just assume everyone's friendly and nice and just like me. And I think this is why every time I go abroad, I usually get stolen from. No! (laughs) Yeah, I got my... Oh, man, one of my friends who went on this trip with me, if she's listening, you know what happened. But I got my phone stolen within day two of the trip. or It was like day two or three. My phone got stolen. We took like a month off to just travel around Europe. The first few days of the trip, I was like, well, I can't be without a phone or anything to take photos with the remainder of the trip. 
I bought like a replacement at an airport. Yeah, the next day that got stolen. <laughs> no, that's I'm not kidding. Back. And the second time it got stolen, I literally just started crying in public because I even know the time span when it got stolen. It was within like a two minute time frame because I had the device ready because I wanted to get a photo of the Eiffel Tower lighting up at night. When I was reaching for it, the light stopped. So I was like, it's okay. I'm just going to stand here and wait for the next time it lights up. Like, I'm ready for the next show. Literally, like, two minutes later, the lights come back on. I'm like, okay, great. Here it comes. Go back in my pocket. The phone's gone. And I was like, I just had this. (laughs) Whoa. Yes. I literally walked around the entire, you know, that field. That's square. Yeah. And I just started going up to strangers being like, did you take my phone? And my friend was like, Danny, like... You're acting a little crazy. I'm like, no, the thief is still here. I know it. (laughs) We just got to find this person. (laughs) Because that happened, I am trying to be a little more aware of my surroundings. Because I, even in New York, like people have stopped me just being like, hey, your purse is wide open. And I'm like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for letting me know. I think in that sense, maybe I'm not as paranoid as you are. But I will say the safety thing comes up for me when I think about activities at night. If I'm by myself, I probably won't get like super drunk at a bar or a club because I have to get myself home somehow I won't be able to do that if I'm completely intoxicated not thinking straight if I'm with a group of friends maybe in the middle of the night I feel more comfortable walking back together walking somewhere together but if it's in a new place I don't really know and I'm by myself it's like is it worth going out and experiencing this kind of being on alert maybe I just leave earlier than I would if I was with a group of people so I think that part does come up and I think a lot of it is also having to do with being a woman I mean I'm not a guy but I feel like men don't have to worry about this aspect as much and actually even when I travel with girlfriends that's still like a concern I'm always like okay like one of us shouldn't be completely wasted because yeah we we have to like get home yeah or if you go home with a stranger I need to know where you are like we need to coordinate better because we're in a foreign country so yeah things like that I think I'm a little more concerned about than I am when I'm at home I don't think I'm as like watching over my shoulders as you are yeah yeah I think like people look at me and think she looks like someone that would accept candy from a stranger (laughs) let me take her stuff no I think maybe that's why you were able to make friends on the trip because you are just open-minded and to accept new friends and versus me like you're a bad person trying to give me poison candy (laughs) but actually in a strange way your Paris story of like having phone stolen twice back to back it's really (laughs) reassuring to me it's just that it's not about solo traveling like safety it's always a concern even like I'm living just in London also living in New York there's always safety I guess it's just being smart and trusting my God, because my first solo trip is to Vienna. Mm. And anyone who knows Vienna knows how amazing the people are. And because economically, there's not a huge economic gap and the crime rate is really low. People speak English. Just calculator risk. <laughs> yeah, there's more familiarity. So I think sometimes what you don't know is scarier. So I totally understand what you mean about dipping your foot in that's with something that feels safe at first before you, you know, jump off the deep end. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious what other concerns you may have before going on solo travel. I think the perception of how other people view me 
when I'm by myself, even though I've now have done it and experienced it and know no one's actually caring or judging me, it is still like a thought that I have. Even in New York, I still don't go dining by myself. When I see people do that, especially women who do that, I'm like, oh, go girl. Like, that's amazing. You don't need anyone. You're so self-assured. But for some reason, for me, it's still hard to get myself to do that. I feel like when I'm by myself in a foreign country, I'm almost forced to because what's the alternative? I'm just going to get takeout every single meal. Like, that's not a fun experience. Even at home, I still don't really get out of my comfort zone in that specific way. So I think that fear of what are people saying about me? What are people thinking? Even though when you're abroad, I mean, I'm not going to see these people again. So it doesn't really matter. But that thought is still there. I don't think it's like fully gone away. I think I now have past experiences that lets me know, okay, this is just in your head. In reality, it's not like this. But that doesn't mean it totally goes away you know I also think when you're solo traveling it can get lonely and I think one thing I've realized for myself is I need to be in the right mindset when I go travel and this for me it doesn't matter if I'm going by myself with a big group across the board because I have a tendency to use traveling as an escape from my current reality or my current problems at home and I find that anytime I do that again whether I'm by myself or with a group or with friends whatever it is and what kind of trip it is it does not matter escaping doesn't actually work if anything I'm forced to deal with it more and I think I learned this because I've also solo traveled twice now that like accidental solo travel The second time I planned it for myself, I spent 10 days solo traveling, which was a lot compared to, I think, like the four days on the first trip. And I think my mindset going into that trip, I mean, I booked it super last minute. It was literally like, I just need a, I just need a change. I just need to change the scenery. I just need to get away because of that mindset. You can't really just run away from your demons like that, especially when you're traveling solo. You're by yourself with your thoughts. Yes. So the stuff you're running away really catches up to you and you're forced to deal with it. And it actually feels worse because at least for me, I was in Taiwan. All my friends were on different time zones. I didn't really feel like I had people I could like go and talk to. And because I was traveling, I think all my friends assumed I was having a great time. So it felt embarrassing to reach out and be like, hey, can we like talk about this thing that's happening? Like I'm not doing well. And that's where like, I think social media distorts a lot of reality because I was posting all this stuff of like, Look at all the pretty places I'm going. Look at all the yummy food I'm eating. I think I just wasn't in like a mentally great place. Even things I should be excited, quote, should be excited, just felt exhausting to plan. I'm embarrassed to say one whole day during this trip, I didn't even like leave my Airbnb. I just stayed there and watched Netflix. Why am I doing this in Taiwan? That was a big learning lesson for me because I really think in order to make like the best experience out of traveling in general but especially traveling solo is you have to be really good with being by yourself and I think at the time when I took that trip I wasn't in a good place with myself and I wasn't really being honest about why I was going on this trip and I just kind of did it thinking it'll make up for whatever else I wasn't happy with going on at the time when reality things just don't actually work like that so that's definitely something that I want to keep in mind for 
future travels, especially solo traveling, because I, at least with friends, I feel like they at least could be kind of distracting for you. Again, this has happened in the past with group travel as well. So I know for a fact, for me personally, things always catch up to me and I have to deal with it. Like there is no way to actually run away by physically, well, running away and distancing by going to a different country. I definitely feel like when you're by yourself, it almost like expedites that process. And not to say like the entire Taiwan trip was awful. Like I love Taiwan so much. I made friends there, but I don't know. Going back to like our self-care episode, I really feel like you need to mentally and emotionally prep for spending this much time with yourself and being honest about why you're doing it and what you expect out of it. Otherwise, it can feel, I think, isolating. First of all, I love you sharing this with me and with our listeners. There's so many thoughts I have. And one thing you said that really stood out for me personally was what you said you cannot run away from your demons. When you said that, my heart was like, oh, like, <laughs> because not gonna lie, I really could relate to what you said. And also, first of all, do not be embarrassed that you spend a whole day in the hotel watching Netflix. 10 days a long time. Just take a break from traveling and walking. It's also good. I actually did not share with a lot of people. Okay, let me back it up. So when you were saying that Instagram and social media in general distorted reality, I was in my head nodding my head really strong. So my first solo travel was to Vienna mm-hmm. and I posted it and it looked so beautiful and nice. I went to so many places. I was living my best life because I went during Christmas time. So I was able to visit so many Christmas market. So a lot of friends are jealous because Europeans really, really go out for Christmas markets. Oh, I know uh, where my phones got stolen both times. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Not a lot of people know. I think actually only Danny knows. I had a huge meltdown during this trip. My solo travel was only four days, three nights. So the first couple of days, I was full on enjoying the solo traveling. I was so happy and walking around, being distracted by things I randomly see and I'll take a detour. And I was thinking in my head, wow, why I haven't done this all my life? This is so great. I don't have to plan anything. I can do whatever I want. Then come the third night. Okay, I'm gonna read a paragraph from my diary because it's a diary to myself. So there will be a lot of content missing, which bear with me, I'll provide, I'll fill in the blank afterwards. I call Alex. Isn't that crazy? The thought of being by myself shouldn't be that crazy. Well, to be more specific, the thought of being by myself on New York's Eve. I'm 27. I want to do more. This Wi-Fi at this hotel, it fucking sucks. I really wish it's better so I don't have to dwell in my crazy thought tonight. Contacts, contacts. So this is the third night in Vienna, which is my last night. And I have toured many many places at this point i have literally went back to the same christmas market three times at this point and this night it also started pouring just raining cats and dogs so my shoes were soaking wet i could not just stay out my hotel anymore so i had to go back and because of the weather i wasn't the only one thinking the same way so 
I think everyone was back in the hotel and the Wi-Fi wasn't good to begin with. And then with everyone back in hotel using the Wi-Fi, the bandwidth was just not doing well. I couldn't even refresh Instagram. I could not watch any video, no Netflix, nothing. And there was no TV in the room either. So I would just sit there in my thought. And this is around Christmas. I wrote this diary December 21st, 2019. So it's leading up to New Year's Eve. And I know all my friends have plans for their loved ones or they're going home. And I was the only one who had no plans. I think it's like what you were saying earlier, the mindset's very important. I didn't even know going through this trip that I was this scared of spending New Year's Eve on my own. Cause I kept convincing myself New Year's Eve, it's a Western holiday that me as a Chinese, I don't really celebrate this. It's not a big deal. It's just any other day. But clearly I cared. And then that night, sitting in my thoughts, feeling lonely, I called a person who was pursuing me at the time and I had no interest. So I was so scared to be alone. I was willing to mislead someone, to mm. have a plan with someone for New Year's Eve, just so I wasn't alone. I think maybe it's because luckily it was so for like a shorter trip, four days, three nights. And this is my last night. I just kept going back because it was really early during night. I can just go to sleep. So I just kept sitting in my thoughts and crying and then stopped crying, <laughs> writing journals and processing. And I surprisingly felt really good the second day because then I realized, you know what, that was the worst. And I actually got through it. I think it's super brave that you literally just read out of your journal. Like that's super personal. So thanks for sharing that with me and also everyone else. It sounds weird, but it's kind of good in a way that you have to spend time with your own thoughts. Yeah. Because, you know, in previous episodes, we've also talked about how, you know, you're like a very social person. You like to be around people. You don't really take the time to sit alone with your thoughts and process them. But I really feel like when you're in a foreign place, because everything is so unfamiliar, because you're so taken out of your element and you don't have the comforts there or even like your routine like I take comfort in my routine and when I'm abroad or traveling it's not something I really have because I haven't had time to establish it I still don't really know my environment I also love that you said the next day I feel so much better like even though you had to like experience something really really negative I love that the next day you were able to feel good about yourself for people who don't know me i'm a person who could not process my thought on my own this sounds so bad but i just like to call my friend so generally if anything happened i'll call danny and i'll process this on the phone with her as thinking out loud and i do that with my friends with anything that happened in my life and this trip because the wi-fi and everything and i also just didn't want to call my friends like, cause this is right around Christmas time, everyone's with their family. So I was really forced to just deal with it on my own. And even though at the end I was crying, I was really upset, but I got through it and I was fine. And I was thinking to myself, you know, that was the worst. And I actually felt fine. I actually could process my thought on my own. I don't have to always iron my laundry with my friends. That was actually really comforting to know that I could do like, I, 
I don't have to always seek externally. Like I am also my own people, as cheesy as that sounds. So even though this solo travel, my first solo travel trip ended with me crying the last night, but I think overall I just so loved it so much, and I think it just kept coming back to me what you were saying earlier—the empowering experience. Because I really felt like that's how it was for me. Because it really helped me to realize being alone. It wasn't scary, and just because I'm alone doesn't mean I'm lonely.、Mm-hmm. Like I still have friends and family who love me, and I also have myself. Yeah, I really I agree with that. Like I think solo traveling isn't oh I'm alone in this world. It's I'm treating myself to hanging out with myself. Yes. I really like that mindset. I think that's the mindset I want to take on going forward. Whenever I'm planning, I think now it's slowly becoming more widely normalized that take yourself on a day. I think this is almost like extended day. I really love that because I think, well, this could be me projecting. I think it's just maybe just me. I just feel like I so rarely have time to be still, because even when I'm by myself, I'm on my phone. I'm not really. Still,、mm. I'm always on Instagram, being stimulated, on YouTube, on Netflix. I'm not alone in my thoughts. This goes back to the episode, dear younger me. I'll revise to our younger self, part one, where I had a advice for my younger self: instead of rushing to make friends, take time for myself. And the better relationship I have with myself, the better I will be in relationship with others. No matter that's friendship or romantic relationship or professional relationship. And I think taking myself on a trip not only make me feel confident that I can have fun on my own.、Mm-hmm. I don't have to always be busy with other people, but also I enjoy being in my own company. And I think that's very empowering. Yeah, I love that, and I also think as a woman, it just feels so good, and to use the word again, empowering, to know that you can take care of yourself without a man or without a group of friends. That feels really great because I feel like we're always told growing up that we need protectors. Just being able to navigate the world on your own, make your own friends, dictate your own schedule, like that feels really, really. Good, and I feel like it does make you feel like you can do anything. <laughs>